And the cross that represents uh, really the, the, the pinnacle part of the fulfilling of his purpose, uh, which, which was uh, to place all of our sin, get this, his purpose was to place all of our baggage, all of our sin, all of the stuff that, that is wrong with our humanity upon himself, who is perfect, and to put that to death on the cross. And so uh, that's a pretty cool thing to be celebrating uh, over this weekend. And uh, so, um, yeah, I'd like to share with you guys what's just been on my heart uh, as we kind of get uh, into that. You know, it's cool that he kind of paid the price for us. You know, one of, the, one of the last things that Jesus said as he was on the cross, and probably uh, the, one of the most important and more poignant ones, is that he says, it is finished. He said, it is finished. You know, found in the Gospel of John, that Greek word is translated as tetelestai. It's as close as you're going to get it. Which is an accounting term in the Greek that means paid in full. Paid in full. And so when Jesus uttered those words, it is finished, he was declaring that all of the debt that was on man, all of the debt that man used to, you know, they, have, they used to have to kill, uh, kill their, their cattle or their lambs, uh, the purest lamb they could find to atone for their sin, all of that stuff that they had to do to earn forgiveness from God, finished, completed in Jesus. And so we celebrate that through Jesus, the punishment for our sins, get, grab the hold of this, the punishment for your sin, the sins of your past, the sins of all the fallings and the failings and the not, not reaching the standard of God, which is very high, despite what anyone else could say. Uh, you know, he, all of that stuff now is uh, made right and forgiven because of what Jesus did. And so on Sunday, we're going to be looking at the significance of what comes after the cross and Jesus' resurrection, uh, because that is just as significant a time as we come to uh, this season. But uh, I want to share this morning by looking at one of the stops that Jesus made on the cross, on the road to the cross, uh, where Jesus stops and he washes his disciples' feet. Because I think there are some nice little nuggets uh, in that story for us to kind of take um, away with us this morning. It offers some great insight of who Jesus is to mankind and what that means for even our daily walk today, despite the fact he is speaking to his disciples uh, way back then. But let's just pray before we get into the word this morning. Father God, we thank you again for who you are and for all you've done. We thank you, Father, for uh, our salvation. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing in our lives to, to restore us and renew us. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, which is truth. And God, I just pray this morning that you would, uh, Father, use me, Lord, by your spirit to speak into uh, every individual heart in this place. God, I pray, Lord, that your will will be done. Father, that your spirit will be uh, free to move uh, and speak to people uh, and into our lives what we need to hear from you this morning. Father, use uh, me this morning for your purpose and open our spiritual ears and our spiritual eyes and our hearts to receive uh, from you in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. And so we're taking today's teaching from John 13, uh, verses 1 through to 15, 
from that story when Jesus is on the road to the cross, and he washes the feet of his disciples. And it starts out in verse 1 and 3, it says, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Uh, So we all know that story well of Judas betraying Jesus. Uh, We're not going to focus on that today, um, but on what Jesus does. It says in verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And so Jesus knows that the time's come uh, for him to kind of go back to the Father, which, which means he knows it's coming to an end. He knows that it's coming to the time for him to fulfill, uh, uh, I guess, the, the act that he was sent to fulfill. And we read about Jesus's love in uh, verse 1, where it tells us that he loved his own. He loved his, his people, those who have, have received him and have accepted him, and he, he loves them to the end. Praise God, it's not the end yet. God loves us to the end. And so in verse 1, it tells us about Jesus' love for us. And then in verse 2, it contrasts that uh, with Judas, who was about to betray Jesus. And so we kind of almost see these these two, uh, you know, we kind of see the good and the bad um, starting to come through in uh, this story. And then in verse 3, we kind of get a hint of, excuse me, um, Jesus knowing uh, a strong sense of his identity, uh, that Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that Jesus knew where he'd come from and where he was returning to, and that he was returning to God. And so Jesus is aware, and he's very um, conscious of the times uh, that's coming, of the time that he's in, of where he's come from, and he knows where he's going. And that's important for us to remember as we kind of read uh, the next few verses in the passage. Verses 4 and 5 says, He got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And so this morning, I want to make three, three statements about Jesus, which, uh, which really kind of highlight, uh, I think, the essence of um, Easter. But Jesus kind of takes his uh, outer clothing off, probably because it was going to restrict him from doing what he was about to do, which is wash the feet of the disciples. And he puts, on, uh, he puts around his waist a towel. Now, if you ever walk into... Uh, If you ever walk into an island lunch, first of all, you're going to see a lot of island people, because you say island lunch, and there's a lot of island people there. Um, But secondly, you're going to see everyone who's serving, all the women and all the men who are serving, wearing what's called a lava lava. Uh, I have many times gone up to help serve at the table, and then got a whack around the ears from an auntie because I wasn't wearing a lava lava. And so the lava lava, uh, they wear as a a sign of uh, respect to the elders and to guests, but they wear it to show that they're there to serve. When Jesus puts this towel on, Jesus now looks like one of the servants in the household. 
When Jesus puts this towel on, he now looks like one of the slaves that are in this household. In Mark 10, verse 45, it says, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so our first point this morning is that Jesus serves us. Jesus was serving his disciples. Disciple of Christ, Jesus served you. We're going to touch on that a bit more in a minute. You know, in Bible times, people wandered around in uh, sandals. Anyone still wear sandals? Roman, Roman sandals, Roman jandals. Uh, so that, they didn't have any of this closed-in footwear that most of us are probably wearing this morning. Um, and uh, if you can imagine it, the roads, were, uh, the roads were dusty. The roads were dusty. They were full of uh, dirt. Uh, they had, you know, real funky stuff in it, like, um, like cow manure, donkey poos along the road. And, and as they're kind of walking, they're walking from one house. To, walking's their main form of transport in that day. Uh, and so they're walking from one house to the next, and they're gathering um, all this dirt. And so it meant that their feet, their feet got pretty dirty and, and pretty yucky and pretty mucky. Um, and, and, you know, it was normal. Think about it like a, a, a sports game on a Saturday morning when your feet are just full of the dirt from the park, and that's just normal. Um, and so uh, the washing of feet at a meal and the washing of feet in someone's house when you're visiting them, when you're going for dinner, uh, or when you're a guest with someone was a normal part of their hospitality. You know, we can sometimes look at things and think that, well, that's a bit strange. Well, well there was nothing strange about this. Uh, it was a normal part of hospitality. But this was a job that was relegated to the slaves, not the master of the house. To wash the feet of those who were guests, to wash the feet of those who were uh, visiting were, was the job of the servants and the slaves. And so Jesus, who is God in the flesh, takes on the role of a servant at this dinner service, and he begins to wash his disciples' feet. Now, the disciples are familiar with their customs. They know what's going on here. Uh, they know whose role it is to do the washing of the feet. And yet none of them kind of jumped up and offered to take over, uh, even though uh, they would have known that Jesus was taking on the role of a servant. But Jesus, fulfilling the role that he came to fulfill as a servant to all, and then man kind of missing what's going on. You know, in Luke 22, it kind of gives us a hint to why they might have missed it. In Luke 22, it tells us that the disciples at that point in time were arguing among themselves who was the greatest of them? That's a message for a whole nother week. But the suggestion is that that might have been why they missed the fact that Jesus had got up, taken on the form of a servant, and then started to wash their feet. But on the road to the cross, uh, we see the servant picture of and the servant nature of Jesus. And you know, to this day, Jesus serves as a savior of all humanity. 
To this day, Jesus serves as the Redeemer. To this day, Jesus serves as God. And Jesus serves as the one and only way to the Father. The only way to a right relationship with our God. Right up until the cross, Jesus' intent is to serve. To serve the Father and to serve you and me through his death and resurrection. Now, through the cross, Jesus continues to serve the lost. And there are many who still need the cross and the revelation of what Jesus has done in their lives today. Because he is risen, Jesus continues to serve as our king. And because of what happened at Easter, Jesus served to all a way to heaven, amen? You know, the challenge for me and I think for every uh, believer is how do we share that gift? How do we share that revelation of love with the people around us? With people who need to know him. With people who, has, as we sung about today, they're searching for answers all throughout, everywhere. When the answer they need is Jesus. Who can we share that gift with in the coming years? The passage continues in Matthew 13, verses 8 to 10. It says, No, Peter said. Well, no, said Peter. I'll put those in that way. You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean. So our second point this morning is that Jesus cleanses and washes us. Jesus served us, serves us, and Jesus cleanses and washes us. So Jesus comes to Peter. And then Peter all of a sudden goes, oh, flip, this is Jesus. He's washing my feet. That's the servant's job. And Peter goes, no, you're not washing my feet. And remember, this is the same Peter. It doesn't surprise me that this revelation came to Peter. Because it was to Peter that the revelation of Jesus being the Messiah came to. And so Jesus says to Peter, uh, uh, Peter says to Jesus, you're you're not washing my feet. And Jesus says, if I don't, you have no part with me. So Peter says, okay, so wash my feet, my hands, and my head. Because in verse 10, Jesus replies, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. Those who have been bathed in the salvation of Jesus, who have been washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus, have been made righteous and clean before God. You know, in his blood, by his blood we're cleansed and set free. By his blood that was shed that first Easter, our sins have been crucified and we've been made righteous before God. Amen? Amen? 
But then in verse 10, Jesus says, they only need to wash their feet. And I believe here that Jesus is showing that even though we've been bathed and cleaned by the blood of the Lamb, even though we have been made righteous through Jesus' sacrifice, we still need to be washed regularly. We still need to come to the altar for forgiveness. We still need to come to our God and seek after him to remove any of the dust, any of the dirt, any of the stuff that has attached itself to our walk as we wander through life. We still need to come to Jesus and be washed of actions, be washed of thoughts, be washed of attitudes that are opposed to the principles and the love of God. And there are times when I need that. So I believe Jesus here is showing us that we're cleansed. But as we walk through life and pick up all the dirt, all the dust, all the stuff, we need to be washed. To come back to him and be cleaned. You know, in 1 John 1 verse 7, it says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You know, the application here is a commitment to Christ's sanctification, a commitment to a growing relationship of communion with God, not a distant one where we just come to God when we need him, but one where we come to God daily for our daily bread, where we come to God for a refreshing, where God speaks, where we listen where we hear and then we obey. To serve him out of the same love that he showed for us because of what he did that very first Easter. And so Jesus, and so we see uh, Jesus as a humble servant. We see Jesus who's washing his disciples' feet and how that reflects uh, what he is about to do as he goes to the cross to wash all mankind, to cleanse all mankind of their sin. And we see in Jesus how we receive him and take up our daily cross and follow him. He says in verses 14 and 15, Now that, I, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So Jesus instructs his disciples. By extension, he instructs us as his disciples today to serve one another the same way that he is serving the disciples here. He serves them with love. He serves them with self-sacrifice. 
Scripture already tells us that being God, he came down and became man. And here sitting with his disciples, he gets up, takes off his cloak, puts on a towel to assume the role of a servant and serves sacrificially. And Jesus serves with forgiveness. They serve one another with love, serve one another with self-sacrifice, and serve one another with forgiveness. And so as we come to our time of communion, those are our takeaways for this morning. That Jesus served humanity. He served you. And he serves me. That Jesus cleansed and washed humanity. That whatever you've done, however bad you think you are, there is no distance that you can get away from the love of God. And it is there for you if you're willing to receive it. Because at that first Easter, Jesus was crucified with all our sin and with all our shame on that cross. He served us because he was sent by God to save us. And so our final point this morning, as Debbie comes to lead us in communion, is that Jesus saves us. And this morning begins a season of remembering who Jesus is, a season of remembering what Jesus did over 2,000 years ago on the cross.